Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. It is the 19th of August. Great to have you here with us. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Scuddy. Uh, how's your day, Scuddy? Been busy. I'm sure yours yeah. have been busy too. So, it's, uh, but uh, thankfully we're in hump day, so it's now on the uh, downward stretch into the weekend. And you maybe could for call a- it hump day, or you could call it peak reporting season day. Well, one way or another, I think we're maybe on the uh, the way down. So, uh, it'll be, uh, it's been a very very tough slog high. It's going to be very busy tomorrow. But uh, look, uh, it's been a, a raft of fun and so much news to digest. Obviously, I love it. I love it. Um, I love it so much. I don't know where to start because there are so many names out today. And we had a lot of the company CEOs on the channel as well. Uh, so let's start with the bigger picture. The ASX 200 finished up by eight tenths of a percent. Uh, the XJO looking like it's wanting to hit that 6200 level. I guess a lot of it comes down to what's likely to happen on Wall Street tonight. So what are f- futures telling us? Yeah, so futures are up about 0.2% so onwards and upwards after the S&P 500 finally managed to go and crack a new all-time closing high. So it looks like uh, the European punters at this stage are backing for further gains in early trade. We'll see. But yeah, as you mentioned, the uh, XJO with that 6,200 level, that's had a couple of tests now uh, and not managed to go and overcome it. So a bit of a technical level to go watch. We'll see what happens tonight. But uh, obviously, if that goes, then we're back at uh, multi-month highs and it might go and open up a return potentially at some point. To, uh, to the record highs we saw in February. Still a few things for US markets to digest. Obviously, liquidity coming through, but we do have the FOMC meeting tonight. Also, we've got uh, the Democratic Convention continuing. We've got Donald Trump uh, tweeting, and we've got rising tensions between the US and China as well. So remains to be seen. Let's get to what we do know. What we do know happened here today in terms of reporting season. The headline name, and it turns out, you know, the headline market mover being CSL. But I thought it was interesting that a few analysts that we spoke to today said, look, don't be blinded by the share price reaction. Uh, The outlook was not as strong as could be expected from CSL. Yeah, there was a bit of element of, uh, no, uh, sell the rumor, buy the fact. And uh, that may have been a a contributing factor, but maybe the bar had been lowered a little bit. But there's a lot of other moving parts in the background, obviously, with CSL when it comes to a potential vaccine and the like. So it's very interesting and difficult to go and ascertain how much has been driven by earnings and how much has been driven by speculation about potential vaccines with AstraZeneca. Yeah, Jumei Lu from Tribeca said that actually probably won't have much of an impact on uh, the bottom line for the company going forward. And when I was reading through the result, one thing that stood out to me, which is a red flag, and many people have been saying that it could potentially be a red flag with CSL, was the fact that they said one risk to the outlook is potential disruptions in the supply chains when it comes to plasma, which is basically saying that a lot of Americans might not be able to get out and donate their blood. Um, so look, there's plenty of analysis out there for you to read and listen to on CSL. We spoke with, you and I spoke with, um, on the smaller end of the market, a company called EML Payments. Now we know a lot of our viewers, a lot of our listeners are into this company. 
And again, it was some of those pandemic themes, you know, the switch over to cashless payments and also, um, you know, some uncertainty going forward, particularly when it comes to the outlook for the U.S. economy and consumer spending going forward. Yeah, so much of their, uh, the company's revenue comes at that key Christmas period, like many uh, know any companies that are linked to the retail sector and spending. So no one really knows how things are going to go play out when it comes to uh, you know, consumption, spending, gift giving and all that kind of like. Uh, I have my theories about what's going to happen with the pullback in stimulus, but obviously no one can really say with certainty what will happen. EML payments finished the day down close to 2%. We also spoke with Andrew Cole, CEO of Oz Minerals. The gold price worked out quite well for Oz Minerals. Uh, yeah, and even in regards to copper, while he said that supply side is impacting the price, he was really keen to talk up to us the, the fundamental the fundamentals when it comes to copper. Yeah, all-time highs for the uh, miner today. I was looking earlier on, so it's enjoying really strong gains. And uh, looking into what's going on, they've not only got the operational uh, side ramping up as well, uh, really strong commodity prices. So that's a pretty powerful tailwind that obviously it's enjoying for the time being. Shares ended up by 3.5% today. We also spoke with the CEO of Nearmap, and you can listen to all of those three interviews via the show notes. But I do encourage you to go um, either to the website, the app, or to our newsletter where we just put you know, links to all of the key, not just CEO interviews, and we did a whole host of them, as I mentioned, but um, it also links to a lot of the analyst commentary that we've done throughout the day. And in fact, if you're on our app and you follow any of these companies, you'll automatically get a notification, if you want, uh, when these companies are discussed at the end of the day, and really easy links to get back to those interviews. But I digress again. Uh, another big company that reported today was A2 Milk. Again, we spoke with the CEO, you and I, Scotty, uh, still talking about a major growth potential in China, also in the United States. And A2 Milk share price was down off the back of that result, off by 6%. It was, though, the stock of the day. Kashi sat down with Julia Lee from Berman Invest and Michael Gable uh, from Fairmont Equities uh, to get their view on A2 Milk. Let's start out by hearing what Julia Lee had to say. I think there was a little bit of disappointment that it didn't blow expectations out of the water. And we also saw a bit of a run up before the result today. So shares are trading a little bit lower. There had been a little bit of an expectation around a capital return today. But look, I think A2 Milk is more likely to invest in manufacturing and a more vertically integrated model than in returning capital. And of course, the new CEO starts next year as well, which can also signal a bit of a change in direction. So Koshi, I'm probably neutral on A2 Milk at these levels. So the result, you know, fairly in line with expectations, maybe slightly under, but the numbers are still pretty impressive. So net profit after tax up 34%. Their margins, although the market was expecting something a little bit stronger in terms of guidance, you're still looking at 30, 31% margins. They have no debt. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, the growth in China is still going very well. For mm. infant formula, it's about 24% of their earnings and that, that portion is still growing uh, and they're expanding in the US. So that business has almost uh, uh, doubled over the last year or two and it's continuing to, to grow. So I think as a longer term story, it still looks good. I think if you're looking to buy A2 Milk, um, looking at the way it's trading on the chart, I think you'll get it cheaper over the next few months. What you right. tend to find in reporting season, if a company disappoints uh, for the next few months, they tend to go on and underperform the market. And the right. converse is true for stocks that um, that beat expectations. So I think in this case, over the next few months, you may well get A2 milk shares. 
Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. They're finishing off the thoughts on A2 Milk. Yeah, I found out just in the uh, chief executive when he was speaking to us earlier today, uh, said that uh, the threat posed from geopolitical tensions between Australia and, uh, and China was mitigated by uh, the fact that uh, their product was made in New Zealand. So hmm. maybe, but maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, you raise a good point there. But both of those analysts, stockbrokers, uh, were neutral on A2 Milk. Okay. Reporting tomorrow, I, I'm not going to go through the whole list. I'm sure many of our listeners know it already, but um, there's some good ones in there. We'll be speaking with Domino's Pizza reported today, but we'll get some analysis with Don May first thing in the morning. We've got to look into the travel area of the market tomorrow with Flight Center. Now, lots of this has been guided to the market, but still the commentary will be interesting. Hello World Travel as well tomorrow. And we've got some big ones like Origin Energy, uh, Medibank Private. We've got Centos, West, West Farmers. Farmers. Woo! We'll be speaking with Rob Scott at four. Looking forward to that one. But yeah, Webjet as well. I, you know, it, yeah, the travel industry obviously so exposed to this pandemic, but I didn't check in on the travel names today when we had the likes of uh, New South Wales, the state of New South Wales reporting. Yeah, Webjet was up 8% ahead of that result. Anyway, five new cases of COVID in New South Wales. Yeah. It's a serious health matter for those five people getting COVID, but I think, you know, that's that's a pretty good result, don't you think? I think so. Uh, and whether it's justifiable for some of the actions we're seeing by some of the politicians in this country, particularly at the mean? state level. Uh, look, something really bugbear this week is the use of this terminology hotspot. Now, it sounds like it's not a, not a bad word, Marty Stretch, but basically seeing politicians and state politicians, premiers in some instances, going and referring to entire states and populations as being COVID hotspots. I just wonder about this mindset, what it's actually going and instilling to people in the community. I don't know about you, Nadine, but certainly walking around the city and the like, we talk about we're seeing more masks and everything else. I don't think it's because everyone's had an epiphany that I uh, know we must go and wear masks to be safe. I think it's because people are scared and not just from the health side effect. You look around all the streets and you can look at the shops, they're shuttered, there's no one around. Uh, and I just wonder, this is, we're gonna go through a tough enough period as it is when it comes to the next few months. I don't think we need to have politicians getting really power hungry when it comes to, oh, we're putting a hard border in place for like X, Y, Z number of months. Uh, this is all speculative hoo-ha, in my opinion, and it's not doing anything to go and bolster any confidence. The key thing for this entire economy, besides the health aspect, is being confident. And at the moment, I think a lot of politicians are doing the exact opposite to what's required. Interesting. We ha had a chat with Warren Hogan from EQ Economics about this. And um, look, his view was that the state premiers are doing what they need to do because in the data, it shows that if borders are closed, those economies internally do better. So looking at comparatively speaking, WA and Queensland as opposed to Victoria. Uh, I don't think that he was disagreeing with the fact that perhaps some of the rhetoric is strong, but yeah, there is that, that ongoing potential impact on consumer confidence. I think, yeah, it's an interesting point you raise, Scotty. Well, we will continue obviously to watch for the impact of the pandemic and all of these reporting season statements that come through because you know it as well as I do. I mean, there's no business that's untouched by this. No, and there's so much uncertainty. People say like, I oh, know there's some, been some pretty positive outcomes and the like in those states where they've managed to go and have health aspects and health results that are better than others. But let's be honest, that's stimulus money. Mm -hmm. We've still got great swathes of you know, people who are out there who are basically relying on the government, whether it's businesses and households. 
So to go and tell me that you know this decision, I know we're going to hard hard shot borders and everything else, and no. So that, you think it's politics? Playing politics. I think politics. it's politics. It's not. And, and and that the economy will suffer. It's not the health risk. Don't get me wrong. I know better than anyone the health risk with this this virus. I'm at a high risk category, and I've, I'm well aware of that. But at the same time, this whole game of you know, when you see like you know a handful of cases and saying that oh no it's a great risk to the entire population yes it is if it's not managed effectively but as we've seen here in new south wales for the best part now of probably three months that we've managed to go and handle this well there's no reason why we can't go and get back to some kind of normality rather than having all these other things thrown at us, all these other challenges, and getting down on what's, uh, what the outlook is already going to be pessimistic about. Yeah, um, just your mention of stimulus there reminded me that we hadn't mentioned ANZ's third quarter trading update. Amazing, 84,000 home loans being deferred, worth $31 billion, 22,000 business loans currently being deferred. So when it comes to the banks, uh, you know, specifically, we don't know what's going to happen still. Yeah, I talk about pessimism and uh, there's going to be enough of it in the, uh, in the months ahead. That's an example right there. There's going to be a proportion of that and probably a fairly large proportion, unfortunately, that is not going to come back. We saw Warren Buffett selling out of Wells Fargo in the US through the overnight period. That is my segue into what's happening out there. We've got FOMC. Uh, yeah, we're going to be looking for signs of any further forward guidance, yield curve control. I mean, it's the well-worn path right yeah come on everyone knows the only thing we know is that the fed's going to be dovish they're not going to be talking about oh we're going to be imminently yeah. hiking rates we know it's just going to be a dove fest uh whether they're going to mention forward guidance or not we know there's a review underway uh, look who really cares in the it will come out eventually uh the fed will probably have to go and do more at some point uh so it'll be interesting to go and see what they say I don't think there's going to be too much in it that's actually going to potentially drive markets tomorrow, though. Okay, so we will see in the morning, and we'll speak with, as I mentioned, Dom May, Domino CEO at 8.45. We'll be speaking with Andrew Walsh, the CEO of Iris at 11.20. Frank Calabria, CEO of Origin Energy, 11.30. And it goes on and ends with Rob Scott, um, MD of West Farmers, and that's at 4 o'clock p.m. So it is another night that we will be going home, getting our sleep, looking forward to it all. Uh, Yeah, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Maybe we should go some carver. We've been talk, <laughs> talk carver at the end of the show today. So you maybe, about a lot. Maybe, that'll be nice and relaxing uh, for an, a busy day ahead tomorrow. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Relax those muscles. We'll see you tomorrow, Scotty. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.